0: But, uh, uh, I, I'm really glad that, that you're here. I'm glad each one of you is here today. Uh, I really believe, uh, kind of in preparation and in prayer uh, for today's uh, service and uh, this message from God's Word that, that God wants to send us out of this place as transformed people, and I'm really privileged to be able to share some of God's transforming truth today. Uh, so let's jump in. We're in the middle of a three-week series called Overflow, so that song was was not a coincidence. We planned that. Uh, uh, we're in this series, and last week, uh, just to give you a little refresher, I shared about God's desire to overflow our lives with blessing. Uh, God, overflow is defined as, as excess or, or super abundance, and it is God's desire to overflow his blessing into your life. And yet many of us, even those of us who who are committed followers of Jesus? Oftentimes, we don't experience um, superabundance of overflow of God's blessing in our lives. Like we wouldn't describe it that way. Uh, instead, we oftentimes feel like we're missing something. A- and last week, I I said that yeah, I suggested yes. We, we oftentimes are missing something. And in fact, I, I I've. Uh, in my experience, just kind of uh, felt that that oftentimes that what which we're missing is we'll neglect our call and our role as stewards. So last week I shared some overarching biblical principles of stewardship, which are reprinted in uh, your message notes uh, that you received on the way in this morning. And it all begins with acknowledging the truth that That God is the creator of everything, is the owner of everything. And and that secondly, God puts us in charge of all of his creation uh, as stewards. And and last week we explored how this role of steward uh, in caring for all that God has created really is a blessing. That God blesses us by entrusting us with, with so much management of all of creation. And we discovered that the only real guideline that God gives uh, us as stewards is that we would manage his creation, and we would uh, manage everything that he's entrusted to us with uh, with his values in mind, to do it in his name, in the name of the Lord. And we also learned that God really cares about his creation, really cares about our management of his creation, and he's watching. And if we manage well, then God will reward us and entrust us with even more. Uh, of course, uh, last week I also we dove in and just recognized that we've each failed. Every single one of us has fallen short. We have mismanaged uh, some of the wonderful blessing that God has entrusted to us. And yet, God, the Lord of creation, instead of firing us from our role as stewards, sent his only heir, Jesus, to buy back everything that we had lost, and, and to pay that ransom himself. So instead of firing us as stewards, the Lord actually adopts us into his family and calls us co-heirs of, uh, of his estate, of his kingdom, because of his great love and his mercy for us. So, so if you weren't here last week, uh, you might want to watch or, or listen online. Uh, they're always available, video and podcast, to watch or listen. Uh, if you miss a week and want to catch up, uh, you can see all of our recent messages there. Uh, and next week, uh, next week, I'll be responding to questions that, that you uh, are writing down on those little blank pieces of paper, that little blank piece of paper that you received in the bulletin also. Uh, write your questions about stewardship down on that. Uh, they could be questions relating to uh, financial stewardship, uh, of how to manage finances in a biblical way, or managing your career, or relationships, or, or your future, anything that's related to stewardship. You write your questions down, put it in the offering plate uh, as it comes by, or actually you won't put it in a plate, you, it won't pass by after we uh, share in the Lord's Supper together. You can put those along with your Connect cards in the offering baskets that are around the room. Uh, so bring that up with you at that time. But I can't wait to read them because I can't wait to figure out what in the world I'm preaching on next week. So, so help me out here. Uh, but, but that's our foundation, that God is Lord and he has blessed us by giving us uh, this role of being his steward over all creation, put in charge of his estate. Now today, I, I really want to explore one of the primary objectives that God has for us as his stewards. Uh, in fact, it's the reason I believe that God desires to overflow our lives with blessing. Uh, what, we, what I have to share today from God's word isn't complicated. In fact, it's, it's really quite simple. Uh, but I believe that this is a truth that as we discover it and apply it in our lives can really uh, lead us to become transformed people. Uh, so let's um, open our Bibles, if you have your Bible with you, to the very first book of the Bible. Genesis, which literally means beginning. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. And if you don't have a Bible here this morning, that's okay. Uh, it'll appear on the screen in a bit. But I want to give you a little background first. Last week, we, we took a look at this uh, role of steward that God entrusted to Adam and Eve at the very beginning. A role that has been passed down to us uh, to this very day. And, and that was Genesis chapter 1 and 2. But after that, we find uh, out as, as we read through the book of Genesis that Adam and Eve, uh, they, they chose to act as, instead of stewards, instead of God's steward, uh, instead of the Lord's steward, they wanted to be their own lords. And so they lived as their own lord. So instead of passing on God's blessing to the people that followed them, instead Adam and Eve passed on uh, a heritage of sin and brokenness and selfishness, Really? In fact, many generations later, the Bible says that it got so bad that God just wanted to start over uh, with humanity. And so uh, God uh, wanted to start with um, the only righteous family he could find, Noah and his family, which, which God did start over. But generations after Noah even, humanity was still rebellious, was still wanted to live their life as their own Lord. And they were far, far from uh, living as God's representative stewards in the earth, uh, instead, God, uh, instead of following God as Lord, humanity wanted to be their own lords. Uh, but God, instead of abandoning us, which um, I, I believe God had every right to do, instead of giving up on humanity, God instead started afresh. He singled out one man, a man named Abram, to be the father of God's people. And that's where we pick up in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is a vitally important passage of Scripture. You see, this is a really a transition point in human history. It's, the, it's a new beginning of God's dealings with humanity, and the rest of the Bible and the rest of the, the story of our lives really stems out of this initial interaction and covenant that God establishes with Abram. And there's a lot going on here, and this is a, a very uh, critical text in the entire Bible uh, but I really want to focus in on one aspect of this text. In fact, in your, uh, in your message notes, which I'd love if you just pull out and, and have in front of you, uh, I have this scripture uh, passage printed in there. And there are some parts in this passage that are bolded. And it would, it w- I think it would be great if we just read the bolded parts together. Is that something you can, you can pull out? Let's read these bolded parts together. Just string them all together. Here we go. God said, I will bless you. You will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This passage reveals to us an overarching biblical principle that God blesses his people in order that they would be a blessing to others. From the very beginning of his relationship with Abram, God blessed him in order that he would be a blessing. And and today, God's people, the church, God blesses the church with his very presence in their lives, with the gifts of, of his Holy Spirit, in order that we might be a blessing to others. So let me ask you, how are you doing with that? God has blessed you in your role as a steward. Are, are you managing all that he's entrusted to you, all of God's stuff, in a way that is a blessing to others, or has the blessing stopped with you? Now, I, I, I don't, I don't want to shut you down. I don't want you to get defensive. I, I asked the question, but I already know the answer. Uh, the, the truth is, uh, we've all got some work to do, don't we? Yes, we could probably each point to uh, an area of our lives or a time in our lives or some activity, something that we've done, maybe even a way that we're living our lives right now that is a blessing to others. We can point to some of those things. We could give some examples, but we could all point to other ways that we're really looking out for number one. We're looking out for ourselves. We're living as our own Lord's in many ways. We could all improve. We could all grow into being more of a blessing to others as we manage everything that God has given to us. So the real question is, why aren't you more of a blessing to others? Let let me give you my answer. When it comes down to it, my blessing to others stops when I become afraid that there won't be enough blessing left over for me and and my immediate family does that resonate with you at all uh, please don't leave me hanging here i, I just kind of bared bared my soul part of my soul that i'm i'm not really proud of but but recognize that that's that's in there um let me say this another way i i i feel that you and i limit our level of blessing to others when we uh until until we feel like there is enough, enough for ourselves, our fear oftentimes is that we won 't have enough i 'd love to help you with that, but but, but I just can 't because i won 't have enough left over after managing uh, to manage all of my affairs. I, I would love to serve, but i, I won 't have enough time left over for everything else going on in my life. You know, I'm sorry I can't watch your kids because I have no energy after watching my own. Uh, I just can't afford to tithe, to give 10% of my income back to God through the work of the local church because then I won't have enough to pay my bills. You know, the fear is yes. What if I say yes and, and And am a blessing what if I live as a blessing and then i don't have enough time or energy or money or resource whatever for my own wants and my own needs am I close am I close is that is that uh, the truth i I think it's the truth uh, but but it's not my intention to uh, beat anybody up if i If that was my intention, I'd uh, be getting all the blows uh, up here myself. Um, Instead, it's my hope and desire to to help each of us learn uh, a biblical principle uh, about blessing. That if we apply to our lives and begin to live out, we will not only live in the overflow of God's blessing, but we will also begin to live as an overflow of God's blessing. And to start, um, here's a real-life example. Just a video that I'd love for you to watch. A guy named Blake Mikoski started a company that many of you might be aware of that illustrates this biblical principle. The company's name is Tom's Shoes. Uh, I hope you enjoy this short video. I got no sound. It has some cute music, but most of it's text anyway. So you're not missing much. anybody here have a pair of Tom's shoes all right that's that's a whole lot of shoes given away uh, by by this group um, but don't you just love that concept for for every pair purchased they give one away to somebody in need I, I love that but you know what that is that is totally backwards <laughs> from the standard way of business Yes, there, there are a lot of businesses that, that give away lots and lots of money, but it's always, almost always, after they've accumulated enough, enough profit, then, then give away. Tom's shoes began the other way around. Blake didn't want to wait to have enough before he built in the value of giving. In fact, when he spoke to a group of leaders at the Leadership Summit a few years back, Blake said these words, which I immediately wrote down. He said, if you wait to give until you have enough, you'll never start. You have to establish giving as a value from the beginning. And that really leads us to to this biblical principle. It's a seemingly backward principle. It's a principle of living by faith and not by sight. And here's the way it works. You don't receive first, then give. You give, and then you receive. Jesus taught about this in Luke chapter 6 when he said, if you give, you will receive. He didn't say, if you wait until you have enough, then give. He said, if you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what, it is, what is given back to you. That's living by faith and not by sight. It's a biblical principle that flies in the face of common sense because it's a principle meant to help us learn how to trust God as the Lord of all creation who entrusts us and pours out blessing into our lives. Well, let's take a, a look at this in one final way. Uh, Did you, did you know that in order for someone to receive blessing, someone else has to give blessing. You cannot receive blessing until somebody else has has given blessing. You have received because someone else has given. You you all see today that uh, we're we're celebrating a holy communion today. It's a uh, uh, commonly referred to as the Lord's Supper, uh, the Lord's Table. Uh, it's also commonly referred to as Eucharist. H- have you heard it uh, called Eucharist before? Uh, Eucharist is a Greek word. Uh, it has two, two roots, two parts. Uh, you, E-U uh, literally means good. good, And, and charist uh, literally means grace or, or gift. So you, you put them together, and what you have is a good gift. Uh, oftentimes, Eucharist is translated as thanksgiving. But before you can give thanks, in other words, before you receive, someone else has to give that good gift. So Eucharist, as we will celebrate today, is about this good gift that we receive. But before we receive, someone else has to give This good gift is offered to us by the breaking of Jesus' body and the pouring out of Jesus' blood spilled for us. Jesus willingly gave himself up so that we could receive the good gift of new life through him. Now, we as a church are also called the body of Christ. The church is, in fact, a, a living, breathing Eucharist. If someone receives, that means that someone else gave. That's how Eucharist works. So, so we are called, you and I, we as the body of Christ, the church, we are called to break ourselves open, and we are called to, to pour ourselves out for the healing and the saving of the world. And it is costly, I mean, it costs the giver. Look at what it it costs Jesus. But for someone to receive, someone else has to give. So so let me ask you this, and you don't need to raise your hand. Uh, I just want you to think about this. Uh, Have you been blessed by the ministry of this church? Have you been uplifted by a song or a message, uh, found a place of sanctuary and comfort, encouraged in community, challenged to to, to live out God's calling in your life, living beyond yourself? Have you possibly said yes and begun a journey with Jesus uh, since you've been a part of this church community or or maybe grown in your journey with Jesus? Have you experienced life transformation has somebody that you love Uh, a child, a grandchild maybe, a a friend, uh, your spouse, somebody who you love grown in their relationship with Christ through the ministry of this church? Uh, I know that for the majority of you, the resounding answer to those questions is yes, yes. And and if you can't answer yes yet, uh, you probably just need to keep coming back because you're relatively new uh, to this church. Uh, You will receive blessing, you will be blessed. But I ask these questions uh, simply to say this, you have received, I have received in my short time as a part of this church community because somebody else has given. Did you know that? And oftentimes that hasn't been an easy give. It's rarely easy to be the giver. Uh, Oftentimes it it is sacrificial. Uh, Every single week, Members of this church give and give and give. I cannot do justice to the amount of giving and all the different ways and types of giving that that happen. Uh, I can't give justice with my words. Uh, I, I will always end up leaving somebody out or some role or some avenue of giving that, that I haven't uh, that that I didn't spell out. Uh, but but here are some examples. Well, maybe it's it's caring. For these facilities or, or teaching and loving on your kids, uh, welcoming uh, you at the door, making coffee, practicing uh, or leading music, uh, singing in the choir, running sound or media, uh, working behind the scenes. Uh, praying and fasting for the direction of our church, leading administratively, shepherding staff, managing finances, uh, leading Sunday school classes or journey groups, organizing ministry and, and outreach like upward basketball, serving as a referee. Oh man, that's a hard job. Or coordinating mission opportunities or, or, or caring for shut-ins or those in the hospital and on and on and on. Not to mention the numerous sacrificial financial offerings many of you give and have been giving in some cases for decades that allow us to worship and offer blessing in these tremendous facilities. And please forgive me if you give in some other way that that I've left out. But the point is this, you and I have received blessing from being a part of this church because others have given. And that's, that's by design, really. That's the way it's supposed to work. You know, our mission as a church is to invite people on a journey with Jesus. And there are countless members of this church, many of you included, who are willing to pour themselves out for, the, for others so, so that they, so that you might know the amazing love that God has for you. And many of you, many of you have experienced that. You've experienced that as a part of this church community. You've turned right around, and you've become a giver of blessing yourself. And it's my hope and, and really uh, vision that this church would continue to be a blessing, uh, not just to Troy, not just to the people who are already part of this church, but, but to a broader region to help others know the love of God in Jesus Christ, to be, uh, uh, to, to be a church that is a Eucharist for others, regularly asking ourselves the important question, how can we break ourselves? How how can we be poured out even more so that others can know the love of Jesus? You know, the Eucharist is a holy and sacred thing. Our Eucharist is a holy and sacred thing. The gift comes from a, a place of deep humility and surrender, and, and, and I think as, as people drive down, uh, let me orient myself here, drive down Edwardsville Road <laughs> and drive by uh, this campus and, and see the church facilities, I hope and I pray that, that they say something like this. That, that, that church community, th- those people give of themselves over and over and over again to bless our community. You might not believe it, but there are countless hurting people within a stone's throw of our building. Countless hurting people in our region. People who have lost hope. People who are, who are lost and, and desperate. People who are contemplating ending it all. And I can't help but pray that God will lead those and other hurting people to our church. That they would be befriended by someone who calls Troy United Methodist Church their home and be encouraged by them and help them to, as they help them see how much they are loved by God. Now, I am convinced over and over and over again at the urgent importance of the ministry of our church and, and that God longs for us to expand Uh, the ministry of this church to reach out to more and more people in our region and not settling for letting the blessing stop here. So I just want to challenge you today, as, as God challenges me, to not let the blessing in your life stop with you. God has given you so much and trusted you with so much. Don't be afraid to live by faith and give, even when you're not sure that there will be enough of you or whatever resources you've been entrusted with left over for yourself. Remember, you will receive even more blessing when you give by faith. You know, if you're not trusting God with your finances, and you've been waiting to tithe or or give to the church until you have enough, then then I challenge you to to give by faith so that someone else will receive. Uh, You may even be interested in um, uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University it's a class that will be starting here in a, in a few weeks uh, that can help you begin to learn some of those principles and apply them to your life. Um, if you're uh, a part of this church, but you're not actively involved in serving in some capacity, or, or maybe, maybe there's a lot more that God is calling you to do and be about. And you're not giving your all. Uh, then I challenge you to serve with all your heart so that someone else will receive. You, you may be interested in a, our ministry placement class that is coming up Uh, starting on March 8th for for three weeks. Uh, You'll find that as you serve, you, you will be overflowed with blessing as a response. And as a church family who have been blessed by God's good gift to us, the new life, the transformation that is offered in a relationship with Jesus, let's be thankful, yes. This is an opportunity for thanksgiving. But even more importantly, let's be a Eucharist for others. Let's give so that others may receive just as we have received.